Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figured Out Podcast post-game reaction. Not the best one we're going to have this year. Hopefully it won't happen for a while, but Chiefs lose 17-20 to yesterday to the Indianapolis Colts in Lucas Oil Stadium in what was an utterly pathetic and embarrassing performance um, on two-thirds of the football field yesterday. We'll get to all that here in a bit. Um, real quick summary of the game Chiefs just mental errors and poor execution cost them their first loss of the 2022-23 season to an inferior opponent and we talk about it all the time Um, every week in the NFL is a new Sunday and when you don't come ready to play and you have miscues all over the field um it's going to be very difficult to beat a team that you should beat on a on a weekly basis. If you were to play them 17 times, the Chiefs probably beat the Colts 15 to 16 times, I would imagine. And yesterday was not um, that time. So quick, it's, this is going to be a very difficult podcast. Got the boys with us, um, uh, Johnny and Blaine, as always. Some quick stats before I, uh, before I turn it over to them for a second. Patrick Mahomes, 20 of 35, 262. For a touchdown and um and a pick. I mean, the pick at the end of the day was just us trying to get down the field. What can you say about it? Not a whole lot. Um, I do have a feeling that we will have something to say about it though, uh, down the line here. Matt Ryan, 27 of 37 for 222 and two touchdowns. Um, the defense played really well yesterday. Um, in my opinion. Um the offense really struggled at times, but had glimpses of of being able to do whatever they wanted, um, quite frankly, against a Colts defense who is okay. I mean, they, they did impress me yesterday. I mean, they were fired up, but nothing that should have beaten the Chiefs. Let's talk to Johnny and Blaine real quick. We'll start with Blaine. Blaine, how we doing, brother? Uh, your thoughts on yesterday's game? I mean, I'm pissed. I did, did I'm I'm pissed. I don't know how <laughs> I got no yeah. other words. It uh, I hear a lot of people, oh, the Bills and the Chargers lost, so we're okay. Like, no, we should be a game up. And I'm really upset that we are not in the driver's seat of the AFC right now. And the game just had a feeling the whole time, like, holy shit, we might lose this thing. Like, we might lose this thing. We might lose this thing. And it just kept piling up. And it is the worst way to watch a football game unfold and lose like that. Chandler, I'm sorry you had to be in that building. But Yeah, before we get to Johnny, uh, would I like to address outside of the game, um, two different things. One is Lucas Oil Stadium, top tier facility in the NFL. Uh, probably the best stadium outside of Arrowhead I've been to. And we were, me and the guys I went to the game with, um, we're talking about the stadiums we've been to. And outside of Arrowhead, we all kind of agreed that Lucas Oil was the best stadium. Beautiful stadium. Um, great people. Uh, ha- had a good time at the tailgate talking to Colts fans. Talked to a lot of them. Um, and, and what makes this game just even worse, this is my second point of this quick little rant here is nobody in that building yesterday thought the Colts were going to win Colts fans were down. I mean, one guy, we had just parked my truck in this parking lot, playing catch with the boys walking by, actually threw a ball to a Colts fan. looked like he was about 14, 15, having a good time, started talking to them. The dad was calling Shaquille Leonard, formerly Darius, a pussy. I mean, the people are down on this team. Um, it really doesn't make any sense. 
uh, uh, how the Chiefs lost this game, but just wanted to get off that, get that off my chest. Great, great stadium, great fan base. They were fired up, obviously. I mean, they were celebrating like they had won the Super Bowl, and rightfully so. I mean, their season had started off really shitty, and to beat a potential AFC representative in the Super Bowl, um, big deal. Johnny, what's up, brother? Hey, guys. Um, I wish we were talking under different circumstances today because this is tough, and you know, I forget this feeling every single year for good reason. We all knew the Chiefs were not going to go undefeated. Um, but to lose like that to, to that opponent, you know, after the first two games from the Colts um, was like just a gut punch. And it's, it's, it's tough to swallow. You know, if the Chiefs would have maybe won that game, as fans, you probably like gloss over and, and overlook some of these holes or deficiencies on this team. But now that they lost that game, the, the, everything is magnified and people want answers and, and rightfully so. Um, you know, I, I think I'm partly to blame because in our podcast before the season started, when we went through each game and did our projected uh, Chiefs uh, record, I initially picked this as a loss. That was before I had seen what the Colts had done on the field in the first two games. In our podcast last week where we previewed the Chiefs-Colts game, I went against that. I was like, there is no way the Chiefs are going to lose this game. If they do, it will be an absolute disaster. Um, and, guys, that's that's exactly what it was. It was a total disaster from the start. There were maybe about three plays in that entire game where you felt like good about the game and it was the first three offensive plays for the Colts the Chiefs get get them on three and out there's a you know like an a gap blitz by Justin Reed and he knocks Matt Ryan down and uh the Colts have to punt right they've been awful they just got shot by the Jags and that they're at they're at home in their opener and boom three plays noodle arm Matt Ryan's already on the ground and they have to punt and then we all know what happened from there right Sky Moore fumbles it and they have new life and a few plays later the Colts scored and you just knew right then that some weird oh, shit was going to happen, and uh, it certainly did. And hell, guys, I was just—I th- just thought of this right now. Uh, you know, obviously we'll get to him, but Matt Amendola had a, had a career-ruining game um, on Sunday. But the first kickoff that he had was short. I—I I just remember the Colts on the opening kickoff, like got the ball at the five-yard line before he started running. So uh, everything besides the Chiefs' defense was bad, and it's uh, a—it's—it's uh, it's, it's shitty, isn't it, guys? Well, and I think the thing you said at the best, Johnny, I mean, just like there's just like I mean, and this happens in every football game and especially in a one possession football game, these one or three or five individual plays all of a sudden amount to just either triumph or explosion. And the Chiefs were on the uh, latter part of that and it just completely exploded. Um Johnny alluded to the muff punt, couldn't have said it better. Uh, you know, my perspective was a little bit different in terms of being at the stadium. I mean, those three plays that they had, that crowd was dead. I mean, it was excited for the game, obviously. But those first three plays, they it was not a good vibe in there. The muff punt, um, of course, life brought back into the stadium. And then don't forget, guys, the Chiefs stopped them on first and second down. I mean, they weren't like a shoe-in. And that's a great way for me to segment into the Chiefs gave up two touchdowns yesterday to Jelani Woods. Had you had told me, I don't even know. 
I don't even know who the hell that guy was starting the game yesterday. Uh, two touchdowns. The Colts, only two touchdowns come from this guy. Backup tight end. Um, just just ridiculous um, in terms of, of if you're going to get beat by the Colts, I mean, at least make it Jonathan Taylor, which say something nice about the Chiefs defense. Um, you know, let's let's start on the defense. We'll start on the defense starting from here. Um, we'll talk about them first because I think there's a little less to unpack. First off, I want to note, I was kind of talking bad about it today in our group chat, which, by the way, guys, what an electric chat. Um, I don't know if electric's the word, but um, I guess negative electricity would be the word. Um, I love the pressure on Matt Ryan all day. Uh, he didn't, he never really looked that comfortable. Of course, um, he had some good throws. I mean, he's an NFL quarterback. That's going to happen, but overall love the pressure. I believe the chiefs finished with five sacks. Um, if I have my stats, correct. Um, I mean, if you're, if you're going to get five sacks a game, I'm going to go ahead and sign us up for that each and every week. Uh, I think that's a great, great production. Um, I love the way we blitzed. Um, Nick Bolton, I thought had a great game. Um, the secondary really didn't get beat at all, in my opinion. Uh, Alec Pierce had a couple of nice catches. Um, he had three for 61 guys making plays. Pittman had a decent day, but nothing that was crazy explosive. I mean, these guys in the NFL are going to get theirs. Um, so you knew going in that they were going to be able to, you know, get some catches, but I mean, their, their number one, their second receiving target behind Michael Pittman was Naomi Hines with five catches. I mean, this Colts offense was the opposite of explosive. It was it was really inept. I mean, they struggled to score off a muff punt at the four. Um, of course, they end up scoring, but like that was you know the, the the Chiefs just gave them opportunities after opportunities just to stay in this game. Um, and and you know I don't want to talk so positively about this defense because there's things that definitely need to be uh, cleaned up. The Chris Jones penalty was just baffling i mean i don't understand and this is my first question for you guys why do guys not learn from previous mistakes you know how does chris jones continue to do i mean i alluded to it today afc championship game i mean i know i understand that you miss a tackle but he has burrow in his sights and you're going to be the leader of this defense you've got to come through with plays like that and then yesterday he sacks an immovable object in Matt Ryan and gets up and acts like he's going to talk shit to a guy that he should he could be able to sack with just his like left hand. It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Say what you want about the refs. Maybe it was a soft call, but why even do it? And with that, Johnny, maybe your thoughts on the defense, maybe your thoughts on the penalty, just whatever you want to get off your chest. Now is your time. <laughs> okay. Uh you did a good job, Chandler. I think the Chiefs defense had an incredible effort um, yesterday. And, you know, you take away the Sky Moore muffed uh, punt and you take away the the flag on Chris Jones, the defense surrenders six points. Like, the defense was really good. And it's just a damn shame because for so long, uh, as Chiefs fans, we have said, you know, if the Chiefs can just have a decent defense – um, they're going to be unstoppable. 2019, the Chiefs have a decent defense. They win the Super Bowl. Uh, this is I, – I'm confident through three games, this is the best defense that the Chiefs have had under Patrick Mahomes. And 
they're just not taking advantage of, of these opportunities. And I'll, you know, we'll definitely get to the offense, especially here in a second, but defensively, I was really pleased with the pass rush. Um, I was really pleased with Jalen Watson's effort again and Legereus Sneed. I just, I, I just like our defensive personnel. Juan Thornhill gave up the touchdown at the very end of the game, but besides that, I actually thought he had a pretty good game. And of course, Justin Reed is, is awesome. So the defense was awesome. And, and Chandler, I'll just finish with this. Um, you know, I, I, I've thought all day about that Chris Jones penalty. I've been thinking, like you said, you know, why not just tackle the guy and go to the sideline? Why not this? Why not that? Um, and, and I've settled on on this. This That's not the reason the Chiefs lost the game. They lost the game because of self-inflicted wounds, and that flag didn't help. But a flag like that, in my opinion, has no place in the NFL. I think that is completely soft. You could call something like that on any play. And, and you know, Matt Ryan didn't even, like, react. You know, yeah. Chris Jones probably said something to him, but Matt Ryan didn't, like, come after him, right, or, 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 or like, you know, say, like, ref, why aren't you calling anything right now? So I actually um, have settled on, you know, I wish he wouldn't, have, he wouldn't have done it. I wish it wouldn't have happened. But in a game that had been going on for over three and a half quarters – of violence. Chris Jones is bashing his face into a wall play after play after you get a huge, huge stop. That's going to basically, you know, it's going to potentially ends the game for the ref to get involved like that. um, I've settled on as, as it's just total crap. And uh, I'm very curious to hear what Blaine has to say about the defense on that call. Well, the call was just ridiculous in the moment. I was absolutely furious. I mean, it's a, with the ref afterwards said that it was because of verbal abuse. The game of football is to put abuse on your opponent. What, what are you going to do there? Chandler, great point. Just absolutely ridiculous uh, from your best player. Can't happen. But the thing that pisses me off the most about it, after something like that happens, a pro football team should stick their cleat in the ground and want to stop even more. And the Colts drove right down the field, scored, and the Chiefs were demoralized after that happened. Shut down. I just felt like everybody shut down. You can't do that and be a championship football team. They did that in the second half against Cincinnati, too. Things weren't going their way. Here come the Bengals. Hope we all have a feeling that something bad is going to happen. Something bad is in, in the air. Yeah. And you lose a ball game. That's how you lose ball games. And it infuriated me because you got to be better than that in big-time situations when things are against your odds. Now let me ask you guys a question here. Um, this is more of a this is more getting into the coaching, which we'll talk about that here in a second. But um, so the Colts are driving, and we obviously know that the wind is out of our sails, and it did for the most part after that penalty. I mean, the Colts got whatever they wanted initially. All of a sudden, and they drove down real quick. Do we question maybe the lack of use of the timeouts? Do we try to maybe? delay a little I mean like it just really did seem inevitable that the Colts were going to score I mean we had three timeouts with 24 seconds left is what actually happened in the game but if you think about it could he use one of those timeouts maybe try to save a couple more seconds not as rushed um, when the Chiefs do get the ball back following a horrific kickoff return good god Um, we'll get the special teams as well but um you guys, I guess my question is, do you care that we didn't use the timeouts? Do you think we should have? Uh, we'll start with Blaine. That's a tough spot because, it, you know, whenever they're down there, 
it felt like there for a second, maybe something was going to happen. What was it? I think like first and 20, if I remember right. And then yes, they had a holding first first and 20. So now you're thinking, yeah, maybe take the timeout. And then Jonathan Taylor, right. Or just went gashed. And so after that happened, you're like, well, shit, maybe we don't because you know, never know what's going to happen. You still get seven and second and seven. You could get it, you know, a timeout instead of that first down. And you restart and you're almost kind of demoralized. And that occurrence threw the whole thought process off for me as a fan. And I bet for the coaching staff too. Johnny? I'm going to have to look back. I'm not really sure. Like in the moment, I wanted them to use the timeouts. But then, you know, with the little time that they had, like how much more time would you have needed to – run that play that they ran on the on the longish catch to mvs because you know it, it was in the middle of the field if you had used all of your timeouts that's probably not even in consideration for the plays that you're calling at the end so you know how much time would you have needed at the end of the day like like you guys i've gone through all of these scenarios the 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 chiefs <laughs> the chiefs just blew the game like everything po- possible that, that had to go wrong went wrong in the most horrific fashion possible and they had the lead with like less than a minute to go so like going through stuff like that hurts really bad right now but it also makes me think like if they just tighten the screws a little bit you know every year it seems like an Andy Reid coach Chiefs team has one or two of these games where it's just like dear lord what is going on and this was one of those games and so yeah, I don't know. I don't have an answer to the timeout question. The an- the only answer I can provide is that the Chiefs played like dog shit on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Now, um, we let, let's move to special teams. Um, crazy that we have to have a – it's not going to be a lengthy segment, but a segment that is worth noting how poorly our special teams uh, played yesterday. And I want to start – honestly, I really, really want to start on kickoff return. Why are we returning these kicks? It does not make any sense to me. Not one. I mean, now I don't know this stat officially, um, but I am almost a hundred percent sure um, that we did not start on the twenty-five one time yesterday. Six, I- six seconds on that last drive. Pacheco took off six seconds by not letting that ball go through the end zone. Yeah, that was horrible. There wasn't a right. kick. There wasn't a kick yesterday that I saw off the tee. That could not have gone A through the end zone or B should have been returned. Right. Um, I really don't understand why Pacheco's back there. I, I really don't. And I'm not actually talking shit on him because he, he really hasn't done um that bad to this point, um, excluding yesterday. But like he didn't do that at Rutgers. Was he the kick returner at Rutgers? I don't think he was. Um, and now all of a sudden you're gonna throw him in to the NFL and expect him to just all of a sudden be really good at kicking at kickoff return. It's a huge part of the game. The chiefs first drive following a blunder on special teams um, started, I believe inside the 20 and, and right there, I don't care what offense you are. It is going to be exponentially more difficult starting inside the 20 than it is the 25. It just is. You change your play calling, you do different things with different players and all of a sudden you're behind the eight ball and you're and and we've all been to football games. When you crush a kick returner inside the 20-yard line, it gets everybody fired up. The crowd is fired up. 
Let the ball go through the goddamn end zone and take it on the 25-yard line. I'm sick of, of Patrick Mahomes and this offense having to be behind the eight ball. Take every advantage that you can. I do not understand that. Let's move to kicking. No, no, no I got to get in here. I need okay. to talk about that. Yeah, that's okay. fine. Johnny, what's up? <laughs> I, and I and this is it, – it was strange for me yesterday. I felt like this way across the board, but, but Pacheco specifically um, – I'm used to the Chiefs being just uh, just looking fast, especially on turf. I felt like all day the Chiefs looked slow. Yeah. Like Pacheco looked slow. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I he's not very shifty. Like, no, I don't know. I think there's the a tackles runner. There's a, a reason he was picked in the seventh round. Like, I'm sure he's a good kid. Like, he did, had a good 40 time, but, like, he just doesn't feel dynamic. Like it, it, there does not feel like there's a, a big play waiting when Isaiah Pacheco touches the ball. And keep in mind, uh, he, he he fumbled the ball yesterday on a kickoff and luckily got it back. Like yeah. he could have had an absolute disaster. It could have been even even worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that was pathetic. Um, I would love to see if there is any data on this. Like, if you were to extrapolate the success rate of your drives when you start at the 25 after a touchback versus all of the results that happened based off of returning the ball, right? Like, you know, all the various starting points that you would have. Like, what is the success rate of your drives when you know you're guaranteed the 25 versus wherever you start on the field depending on on the kickoff? Like, as an offense – if you knew you were getting the ball at the 25 every single time, like to my dumb brain, that seems like, yeah, we'd be able to be more prepared for our offensive drives because of the continuity of the starting field position, as opposed to, okay, this drive good return. We're at the 35, this drive, bad return. We're at the 13. Like I just, to me, I would want to have the consistency and Pacheco has shown nothing uh, to warrant, you know, trust to bring the ball out so far. Uh, Blaine, what do you got? Yeah, and then Sky Moore, too, on the other side. Like, obviously, that was horrible. But the Chiefs, I, I ended up pulling this up, Chandler, because it's a great point, and every drive seemed to be, you know, no momentum to start. Chiefs' first drive started at the 21, three and out. Chiefs' second drive started at the one-yard line on Sky Moore's second mishap, punt. Yeah. And then we get the fumble, you know, strip touchdown which we started obviously close to you know in indie territory and then the the last time we have the ball in the first half we started at the 15 off that kickoff that they made a field goal so pat mahomes his first three drives were at the one at the 15 and what what are you gonna do like it's infuriating that you got young guys back there in such an early point in their careers i know we don't want mccall back there but that's so cerebral like you don't have a guy that has confidence to get under the football, take him out of there. Especially whenever there's a lot of pressure and everybody in that stadium knew he was shaking in his boots. You, you got to do something different. Yeah, I, I agree. Now uh, let's get to the kicking game. Oh. Um, Matt Amendola, as Johnny alluded to a uh, career potential ending game um i mean i would imagine somebody will give him another chance but good god he didn't help himself at all chiefs cut him today um that was no surprise i figured that was going to happen um quite frankly i would have taken a two-step butker with a bummed ankle over what i saw from amandola yesterday 
Um, the PAT was atrocious, but in my mind, okay, you miss a PAT, that's fine. Um, it's not fine, but it's manageable. You know, it it, it, it happens. It happens to everybody. Um, it just had happened yesterday to the Chiefs. Um, so then you come back out, and the next time he's on the field, I believe, uh, we run a fake. Now, I don't understand at all the 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 call of the fake um actually fun fact i went to two live football games this this week um i went to semo versus central arkansas and i went to the indianapolis colts versus the kansas city chiefs in both games i saw a fake field goal and neither worked okay neither I love specialists more than maybe any position on the field. Um, obviously, soft spot in my heart always will be. P- punters and kickers do not need the ball in their hands at any time of any situation. And the fact that we saw Tommy Townsend not only roll out in an NFL game with the ball in his hands, he rolls out against his body. The play was drawn up for him to roll out left to then throw across his body. A difficult thing, keep in mind, for a quarterback whose job is to actually throw the football. We draw up a fake field goal to our backup tight end with our punter throwing the ball and thought it was going to work. Um, it it has me at a loss of words. I, I, I don't have anything to say, really. Blaine? Pick the field goal. I don't care how bad Amendola is. He's not that bad. Kick the field goal. And then the thing that pisses me off the most is you know you're not going to – okay, say this is so early in the game, 13 minutes to go in the fourth. There's likely another chance that he's going to go out there and probably have to kick a field goal. Sure enough, he did, and he went out there and missed it because you didn't have confidence in him the first time, and he wasn't going to trot out there with confidence the second time. No. No. You can have confidence when you're sitting there and they're calling for a fake field goal with your punter throwing the ball or you kicking it. On fourth and 11. And we didn't even run an 11-yard route. Even if Noah Gray catches the football, he's not making the first down. He didn't even have a chance. A freaking horrible throw, too. I mean – just an all-around <laughs> bad play. And it's and 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 I, you know, as a specialist, your special teams coordinator, you're gonna have a soft spot for these guys. Dave Tobe has always been this world-renowned special teams guy. But if we're gonna start being fair and being demanding and being consistent, our special teams have not been that great these past couple of years at all, really. Uh our return game has been awful. Um, of course, our kicking has been great with Butker, but um, it's not been that good. We haven't really done that many explosive things in the kicking game, Johnny. Um, maybe just allude to some of that, something you saw yesterday that really pissed you off. I'd love to hear <laughs> it. was a 42-yard field goal attempt, and the Chiefs uh, did not feel confident. I mean, that's a layup for Harrison Butker. Matt Amendola won a six-player kicking competition. Uh, the Monday after Butker got hurt against Arizona, and he won the kicking competition. And you don't trust him to kick a 42-yard field goal? One of the kickers that was in competition at at the Chiefs facility against Amendola 
was this McLaughlin kid who was kicking on Sunday for the Colts. And he made a 51 yard field goal and both of his extra, he made two field goals, two extra points. One of the field goals was 51 yards. And, you know, I know like I, I believe Andy Reid is an amazing head coach. And I believe, you know, we're led to believe that these coaches on the staff that, that, that we have, you know, the enemy Spagnuolo Tobe, like we're led to believe that these guys are really experienced guys. They know what to do. And for the most part, they do. They just absolutely bottled it on that play fourth and 10. You, you guys said it all, you know, it, it, it just boils down to the chiefs decided to throw the ball on fourth and 10 to the tight end. And Patrick Mahomes and T- Travis Kelsey were not involved. They threw it with somebody other than Patrick and they threw it to a tight end other than, other than Travis Kelsey on the play. Obviously it was a total joke. And then yeah, later in the game, uh, Amendola misses a 34 yard field goal, which is just like, I mean, just you might as well just just leave the stadium right there. That's so pathetic. The, the Chiefs did everything wrong on Sunday, and they lost by three. And Amendola left four points on the field, and that doesn't include the the, the fake that they did. So, uh, t- totally pathetic. The field goal that he did make uh, was because the Chiefs could not fucking put the ball in the end zone inside the five yard line again, and they had to kick the, they had to kick the field goal from the two. They kicked a field goal from the one last week against the Chargers. It's, 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 I mean, and this might be a, a, a perfect segue, Chandler, for us to get into the offense because, yeah, it like, is. it is just, it is, it is, it, it is too cute on the offense. And this team's inability to run the football is, is very concerning. I'm not going to take all the wind out of the sails, Chandler. Why don't you, why don't you set the scene for how bad it was running the ball on Sunday? Yeah, let's let's move to the offense um, because there really isn't much more to discuss to discuss. Excuse me about the kicking game. I mean, just overall atrocious. The offense. Um, I mean, another week, and Patrick Mahomes is near the top, and he is the top this week in terms of uh, of rushing yards. Um, he had four carries for twenty six yards. Um, that is not the recipe for winning football. I don't, the, the days of, or the day, I guess, of Patrick Mahomes throwing for 50 touchdowns. It's just not here anymore. Um, And it never will be again, in my opinion. Um, Their teams are forcing us and they did this last year and we found a way to, you know, battle through it and get to the AFC championship game. So hopefully, you know, we can get some turnaround. This team's inability to run the ball is not championship level football. It makes no sense. Um, I mean, Jarek McKinnon is our best running back. He had seven carries for 20 yards. Clyde flat out stinks. And if I'm reading this correctly, please, I, I hope I'm not reading this correctly, but I'm on ESPN looking at the stats right here. Clyde had seven carries for zero yards. That's right. He's the worst player on the team, and we've been saying this. Every time they give him the ball, they are putting their offense in a worse situation. He did have five catches through the air. Fine. Great. He cannot run the football. And the best – I'm patting myself on the back here. The, I said this earlier. The best running back on this roster is Jarek McKinnon right now. Yeah. Like, he is the guy that you would have the most confidence in. And the way that Clyde is – has produced so far this season was on full display Sunday. It is a total fluke. He has been incredibly efficient with his touches so far. The problem is, is that he is not built to to have the usage of an impactful running back. Seven touches, that's it. Or uh, seven rushes, that's it. Yeah. You know, like it, it, it's just not good enough from Clyde. And if you're 
if you're listening to this and you're, you're, you're on Twitter, like we are all day long, you know, there's plenty of accounts that are breaking down um, the offense's frustration with Clyde's lack of vision. I want to point out two specific instances and then kick it over back to you guys or over to Blaine. Um, The first one is the chiefs have second and four and they run a, a, just a, a regular one of those delayed runs to, to, to Clyde. And Clyde, you know, I have a problem with this. Like, he is not explosive to begin with. And, like, every almost every time the Chiefs give him the ball, they they give it to him with his momentum completely stopped. And, like, if a back was explosive, I I have no issue with that. Like, Clyde just isn't. So, um, So Clyde runs off the right side. He has a wide open lane in the middle of the field. And he doesn't cut back. In fact, Patrick and Travis, if you if you widen the screen, are like pointing where he should go while he has the ball. And he instead tries to bounce it outside and gets swallowed up for, for a big loss. The other one uh, was one of the coolest play designs we had on Sunday and that we've had all season. They lined up Michael Burton and Colin Saunders' defensive tackle as fullbacks on the play and handed it off to Clyde. Both guys had great blocks. Offensive line got good push. Saunders absolutely just put a lick on somebody. It was so awesome. And all Clyde had to do was just take one half hop step to the left, uh, and he didn't do it. Instead, he just plows right into the back of Creed Humphrey and falls right down, um, which was something that he has gotten really good at. He did rush for a touchdown, okay, but there was a holding on Travis Kelsey the play before, and we had the ball on the inch yard line after already failing two other times to run the ball in so that's a lot I could talk a long time about how concerned I am with this team's inability to run the football I believe it's time to give Ronald Jones a chance at this what say you Blaine I I just think you got to change the way you're running the football you said it I mean stretch zone after stretch zone after stretch zone we have some of the best interior linemen in the NFL go watch 10 other football games that are on on a Sunday and watch how it's schemed up whenever per se, like I was watching a clip of James Robinson, who's had a hell of a start of his year because Doug Peterson knows that that guy can get downhill fast and cut and find a hole with momentum on his back and he can hit a hole first down. We're going sideways. Then it's second and nine. Then it's third and seven. How many long thirds down third downs have we seen in this offense over the last two plus years? Way entirely too many for Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey to bail you out. you got to change the way you're doing things. If it is, Rojo, okay, well, don't put him in a fucking stretch zone. Excuse my language, listeners. Like, get him behind Burton. Get him in I formation. Get Pat under center on first down and put force on them. You're, you're allowing linebackers to make a second move whenever when you run the book football with Trey Smith in your face, you shouldn't need a second move before there's already six yards gained. Well, I don't understand is, first off, two things, I guess. Um, and we're still on the running game, people. Don't don't get me wrong. Patrick Mahomes in the passing offense on Sunday afternoon was nothing to write home about either. We'll get to that in a second. But the rushing is a far more glaring weakness. We know that the, uh, the passing offense is fine. They'll figure that out. I have no doubt in my mind about that. Uh, but this rushing running game, two things. How did we seal the game against the Chargers? Oh, would you believe it? We ran Clyde right up the middle. He made one cut, and he ran for 55 yards and slid down to seal the game against the Chargers. I'm not getting paid millions of dollars to coach football. 
I don't understand. At the end of the day, Clyde is not good so far in terms of what they're asking him to do. And 50% of that is on coaching. If you're not good at something, why do you continue to do it? That's the definition of insanity. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. What happened to the classic halfback dive? I don't understand why we can't just put Clyde Edwards-Alaire with his heels at six and a half yards behind Patrick Mahomes, say hike, and turn around and hand him the ball and go forward. It's two years now that we've been asking the same question, and I, 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 am, I, don't, I don't have an answer. That's bad coaching. I mean, this team had a backup linebacker in the game, their best player, their best linebacker, not in the game, and you can't exploit it. You which, couldn't. Which, side note, being in the stadium, um, for him to be, quote-unquote, hurt, and not playing, I understand he had surgery, whatever, you want to hold him out, I get it. The camera and the Jumbotron was on him all day. He didn't really seem hurt to me, judging off of his sideline actions and his celebrations, but that's a different story for a different day. I wanted to get that out there because maybe that Colt's dad was onto something. Maybe Shaquille Leonard, maybe a little soft. I don't know. I wouldn't say that because he's a great football player, but weird guy, I guess. Um, and my second thing about the rushing game, going off of what I just said about the halfback dive, is Eric B. Enemy was a successful running back. Yes, that's what's so pissed. And he at. did not run the outside zone scheme. Never. He played at Colorado in the Big Eight. They lined up and ran the ball forward. I don't know why he doesn't want to do that. That's his style of football. That is literally what made him good at Colorado. It does not make any sense, Johnny. Um, it really doesn't. Yeah, and it, I, I don't know if, like, I don't know how to classify it. Here, here's what's been going through my head all day. I talk plenty of shit on the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears have the worst offensive line in the entire National Football League. The Chicago Bears had a, had a guy yesterday, Khalil Herbert, go 20 rushes for 157 yards. Why can the Chicago Bears effectively run the football and the Kansas City Chiefs can't? The Chiefs have, by all metrics and by all people who follow the game, a vastly superior offensive line to the Chicago Bears. They try to run the football, and they can't do it. And uh, it's, it, it, it's baffling. It's frustrating. It is leading towards fighting and bickering between Mahomes and Bienemy. I firmly am on the camp that, uh, you know, I usually defend Patrick Mahomes for good reason. And um, if Eric Bienemy wants to continue bickering with Patrick Mahomes, which has been a trend over the last, you know, since Mahomes has been the quarterback and he's been the offensive coordinator, if he wants to continue doing that, then I hope he goes to jail. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I just, I guys, seriously, it is a, it is a major concern on this team. And what I keep coming back to is, is I'm looking for an answer. Why is it the, is it the fact that the chiefs do the chiefs are not 100% committing to being a running, a running football team? Well, I don't think they should do that. I, you have Patrick Mahomes. You shouldn't be a run-first football team. But you still have to be able to run the ball effectively. And for years now, for years, it has been the Chiefs. The Chiefs have not been able to do that. And so the only thing that I can try to reach out and find as an answer to that is, is it is a complete lack of dynamic talent in the running back room. Look towards last year. The Chiefs could not run the football. 
when did they start running the football effectively? When Jarek McKinnon became healthy at the end of the season. And Jarek McKinnon totally revamped the athleticism of the running back room that consisted of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Derek fucking Gore, and I'm not I'm not sorry for my language, and Daryl Williams. <laughs> if Jarek McKinnon is a 30-year-old who's had three major surgeries and is is the most dynamic athlete in the running back room, and they really did nothing to change that this year. They used a seventh-round pick on Pacheco. Are you kidding me? I think that this team is licking their wounds from the terrible, terrible choice, and they've gotten a lot of things right. But drafting Clyde was is, is awful. It was awful. Andy Reid said he reminds him of Brian Westbrook. Andy Reid, you're a Hall of Famer. You're wrong. The team took Clyde over DeAndre Swift over Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins and Cam Akers, and it is it is hurting this team in a major way right now. They cannot run the football, guys. They, they It's bad. 17 attempts between McKinnon, Pacheco, and Clyde for what I just calculated on my calculator. It's like just over 1.5 yards per carry. Like you could fall for a yard and a half whenever you really need one. Behind 20, 29, 29 rushing yards at the end of the day between those three. And one of them had zero. That's so embarrassing, guys. That is that is for, for a team like this. And and look, we're I'm gonna say some positive things before we get out of here. I'm gonna end this on a good note. But while while we're while we're harping on this, it's the biggest issue on the team, right? It's the biggest issue is their inability to run the football. Like while we're on this, that that is something that when they're in their meetings this week has to be in bold font in front of their face, embarrassing. That is that is pathetic that they ran for that much, for, for, for that little. And if this continues, how can this be a team that you look at seriously in, 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 the, in the Super Bowl picture if you can't run the football like that? It's the reason that they, they got eliminated last year, inability to run the football. It's the reason that all high-flying offenses get, get their ass kicked in December and January because when you're too cute and can't run the football, you can't effectively win in December and January. I'm going to take a breath, guys. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, I mean, I'll to sum it up. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is our leading rusher. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the best again way. That, again. the The whole surmise of this the last ten minutes we've been bitching about the rushing attack. Patrick Mahomes is our leading rusher. The guy cannot do it all anymore. I mean, and I'm, that's not me harping on his ability because I do weirdly think that if he really wanted to be, he could be our leading rusher, but that is not a recipe for success. Let's get to the passing game. Speaking of Patrick, I already uh, addressed his, his stat line, but I'll do it again. 20 to 35 for 262 yards, a touchdown and a pick the pick coming late um, against, uh, well, I'll leave that for Blaine actually, but the pick came late trying to get, trying to get down the field. Um, And, you know, I'm not going to really put a lot of stock into that. Um, weird day passing. I mean, you would normally look at 262 and be like, wow, for any other quarterback. He was just off yesterday. Um, he, the, the ball, a lot of people, a lot of the guys I were with, um, pointed this out, uh, the Justin Watson catch or drop, excuse me, um, that Pat delivered to him. Um, at the end of the day, it has to be caught. 
Um, it really has to be caught. And I believe that was the ball that that was uh, incomplete that led to either the missed field goal or the fake. Regardless, if that ball's caught, neither of those happen. Um, but not a great ball. The no. ball's low. He's running. Um, he, you know, he's got to dive. And and while I, you know, again, he needs he has to catch that. But that's what I'm talking about. Pat is a little off. The first drive of the game, he has MVS. I think MVS would still be running right now at 7.03 on Monday evening, September 26th, if Patrick hits this pass. I mean, it. he was wide open. Wide. Burnt him. It was going to be 7-7. Well, actually, no, no it was going to be 7-6 because Amendola was going to miss the PAT. But if just those little things here and there. Now it is week three. That's a that's a positive thing because you know new new core, new everything. But how many weeks are we going to use this as an excuse? Eventually, you've been through a training camp. You've been through the preseason, which everybody played in. We've been through two weeks. Eventually, a lot of this burden has to be put on Patrick in this passing offense. And he just wasn't – he wasn't good yesterday, in my opinion. Um, and that's that's kind of an awesome thing to say because 20 of 35 for 262 isn't good. Um, but that's his standard. That's the standard that this Chiefs kingdom, that this Chiefs offense, that this Chiefs organization, that the Figured Out podcast has placed on this guy because he's capable of so much more. But you can't miss throws. You just can't do it anymore. Um and and that's kind of a good summary of what the passing offense was yesterday. Let's let's get into it a little bit more. Blaine, we'll start with you. Yeah, I, outside of per se a vertical route, there you know what what Indianapolis did was basically play press coverage, man coverage on the outside, and said, I don't think MVS, I don't think Juju, or whoever else is out there, you know, McColl, maybe he was banged up, can beat me one on one in coverage he if stinks. it's not a vertical. Uh, I mean, when have you, other than a lot of routes at MVS, just across the middle on a six-yard slant, he wins that six-yard slant, but there's not a lot of open guys Sunday at all. I mean, unless they schemed it up and and put a hole in the zone of a crosser, like whenever Juju had his 50-yarder, he had to come all the way across the field, a slow-developing play. That is the only good completions we saw Patrick make. It wasn't a quick one-on-one, you're going to beat – Stephon Gilmore, you're going to beat a guy in this a cornerback for the Indianapolis. It didn't happen. Our receivers didn't win those press man coverage situations all night long. And to seal it, press man coverage, run all slants with eight seconds to go, pick ball game. Which got to be better. Blaine, say you were you were uh, hard on this today uh, in the chat, and rightfully so. Talk about that last play. I mean. Stephon just manhandled Juju. Yeah, Juju's slow out of his break. And it seemed like that. You guys talked about it earlier. Everybody seems slow. But Juju, to me, just out of that break, you got to be out. You know that play's getting called. You know Gilmore's going to get a jump on that. Get out of there. Quick. One, two, hit. Like, jet yourself out of there. And you're not able to get it. I mean, there wasn't an inch of separation. No. At all. (laughs) For the majority of the night. And if you're going to be a passing heavy offense with one of the best quarterbacks in the league, I don't care if it's Jesus Christ throwing that football. There's only so much, there's only a hole that somebody can fit it in. And yeah. there wasn't enough holes for Patrick Mahomes Sunday. 
Johnny. Um, I like I said earlier, I am like I I fall on the sword for Patrick all the time. He's he's amazing. Um, if I gotta address this now though, it's been two years when Patrick has his feet set and he's in the pocket. His deep ball's not been good for two years. Like he's overthrowing or underthrowing the guys often. A lot of time, I place that blame on on McColl. You know, Patrick and McColl are always like a step off. So far with MBS, even in the preseason, we've seen them try it. They've been a step or two off. Like, oh, that's on MBS. They'll get that fixed. Like, Patrick just needs to be better on that deep ball. The I, I might disagree uh, with Chandler. Just the, the one that he threw to Justin Watson that was deep. So that was that was the first down play bef- before the the first half was done and be- you know first down was that second down they go deep and Mahomes takes a big hit third down they run the ball goes over to the sideline and starts bickering with the enemy the one to Justin Watson good play by the defender if he doesn't dive and make an awesome play he catches it for a touchdown I just would have liked to see Pat put a little air under that and let Watson run underneath like the guy there was nobody else there. And I know that's way easier for us to say from, from the couch or whatever, but like, just, I, it is what it is. Like, that's what we're here for. That's why we podcast. So we can talk about these games. It's a billion dollar industry. We, we get to talk about it from, from the couch. And uh, if last point I'll make too, and nothing felt like it was in rhythm and it hasn't for a couple of weeks, it's got to get fixed. It's probably because of a lack of separation. Um, it's because they're trying to run cute, weird running plays early in the game too. And it's not working or they're having terrible field position, but on the positive side, like if you were to just change two throws in that game, two throws, if you change the drop touchdown by Travis Kelsey, which was Patrick's best throw of the day and Travis catches that 99% of the time. If you change that throw, and the deep ball to MVS, which was wide open. I mean, guys, like wide was, open. Dude, it was so wide open. I could not believe Patrick overthrew him. He wasn't even pressured. Like, it was just an awful throw. If you change those two plays, the Chiefs blow out the Colts, and we're talking on this podcast that Mahomes threw another three touchdowns, 300 yards, and no interceptions. So it's like, I actually am not that concerned um, I'm really not concerned at all about the passing game. We no, we came either. we yeah. we came into this season knowing bunch of new options. It's going to look different. It's going to be less, um, you know, no Tyreek, of course. Like it's going to be it's going to be different. The the pro, the huge issue is the inability to run the football. So I'm not concerned about the passing yeah. game. Yeah. yeah, no, no, I, and I'm not either. I like to preface that. I I, I just think that, um, you know, I think that's. It, it was just a really off day by by the uh, Chiefs passing attack, and I think it just needs to be addressed. But, yeah, I fully expect them to get it together. Blaine? Yeah, and it's just when you can't do one thing, per se, you can't hit the deep route. It allows a good game plan to pressure you and make you create those short yardage, short routes, and you got to hit those. So that's But with the championship football team, if you can't do one thing well, you better be able to do another thing well, and the Chiefs weren't able to do that. Other than the passing game was literally Travis Kelsey against a backup linebacker. That was our best play all day. And, oh, by the way, on the goal line, this is the last, last thing, and we'll wrap this up. 
enough with the fucking and i'm not sorry about my i'm I'm, I'm not sorry about my language either enough with the fucking cute gadget underhand shovel pass chest pass bullshit to travis kelsey in the red zone we're two of four yesterday in the red zone in terms of touchdowns I, i i don't i don't get it a but b other teams are watching film. It happened against Arizona because it was week one. The underhand, like I said five seconds ago, the shovel flip out over into the into the uh, to the side of the of the formation to Travis is never going to work from here on out. It did not work yesterday. It did not work against the Chargers. It will not work against Tampa, whom we play in six days. It isn't going to work anymore. The defenses are so keyed into this. I do not understand why we can't just go forward. And I'm fine with passing it on the one-yard line. Have you ever heard of a play-action pass? We have the best tight end in the NFL. Let him run a route. Let him get open in in the end zone. Hell, it's a play from hell, and all three of us hate it. Split out Travis one-on-one with a corner and throw the goal line fade to him before you fucking run another cute little gadget play to him down in the end zone, in the in the red zone. It isn't going to work anymore. It will never work again. And if I have to eat my words, I'm fine with that. But I'm pretty confident the defense in the NFL, A, pretty damn good, and B, watch film. So if they see Travis lined up in a weird formation or like you know um, off the ball in the backfield, alert, alert, alert! Here comes a stupid fucking play, and we're gonna stop it because we've been watching it. Haven't stopped Jody either. No, you're good. They haven't. Uh, Jody was not involved at all. No, no. One, no one, no one has stopped Jody in the red zone yet. Yet we're still gonna run plays that we were running of underhand tosses or quick pitches out to Travis that we've been running for three fucking years. It's ridiculous. And it, so, yes, the Jody part uh, pissed me off. Again, it boils down to just this team's inability to get tough yards um, running the football. And, guys, honestly, I was thinking this too. Like, some of the plays are just are so cute. It, if they literally just snapped the ball to Mahomes in shotgun, if they did this every play, I think they would be amazing. If they snapped the ball to Mahomes, had his first read be Travis Kelsey – and if it's not there, Mahomes just creates and scrambles around. I, I know he would be tired. I think the Chiefs would – they would murder everybody. But it's when they just like – it's when they do all this cute shit and then they get in third and long that they that they get into trouble. And so, like, I just – I have some closing words that I'll say when we get out of here. But yeah, what do you guys got still? Yeah, just find something else to do, like you're saying, Chandler. Noah Gray saw 26 snaps. Jody Fortson saw one or two the whole entire game. Like, I, I get that you believe in the guy, but – like, try something new. Give me something else. And it was just not smart. All I mean, around. hell, hell, split those split those 26 reps between both of them. And they each get 13 snaps. I mean, <sighs> come on. It's your second, third string tight end. 13 snaps is great. My last final thing, say something nice about this team right now. Um, Tommy Townsend. <laughs> he he might be a decent punter. Another good day. Longest punt of the day was 65 yards. He had three punts for 170 total. Two of those inside the 20. 
That's all I've got. Johnny, you're closing or Blaine. Yeah, I got a closing thought for me. Colin Saunders might be the new D tackle. Great game. I mean, way to play your way into it. Naughty saw a lack of percentage. Saunders might be moving in there. Bright spot, if anything. Yep. Like it. Johnny? Closing thought. Um, the Chiefs have to find out how to run the football effectively. They scored, th- again, they had a terrible second half. They scored three points in the second half. They had drives in the second half that ended at the two the 16, the 24, and the 40, and they got three points out of all of that. That is not championship football. It's early in the season. You have an opportunity to get it corrected. Uh, if you would have asked me what the – if the Chief, let's say the Chiefs win against Tampa. If you would have asked me before the season to look at the first four games and say what, my, I, you know, what I think would be a great outcome for the Chiefs that's realistic, I would have said that they go three and one out of their first four games. They have an opportunity to do that. Tampa looks terrible, um, but it's by no means going to be uh, an easy victory. And the last thing that I'll say is that Nick Bolton is playing at a level that will make him an all pro this year. Do not waste it. Yep. I agree. Well, a shitty episode, but I feel like a very productive and good episode at the end of the day. Um, Chiefs lose Sunday afternoon in Indianapolis, 20-17 to 17 at the hands of the Indianapolis Colts. That is the post-game reaction show. We will be back on Wednesday to record episode out Thursday, as always. The week four preview when the Chiefs head to location to be announced, potentially. But we will leave it at they will visit the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Raymond James Stadium. Boys, really appreciate your time. Um, appreciate you guys you know, using an extra day here to get this episode for the people. We're here for you guys. Uh, we are here through the pain with you. If you ever need to talk about the Chiefs, feel free to reach out. We'd love to hear your questions. Uh, Johnny, Blaine, appreciate it. Go Chiefs. Figure See it you. out, Eric. Peace. <laughs>